You're a criminal. You're a criminal? Each and every one of you. You're facing a barricade of cops. Barricade? Wow. That's at least 13 cops. Uh, oh, okay. Baker's dozen. Maybe four cars. Oh, my God. No, we've <laughs> got to restart this tighter. This is <laughs> derailed. This is taking so long. What are you talking about? I'm getting there. Okay. Right, we're at a baker's dozen of cops. <laughs> I liked where I was going with it. I did too. All right, I think, um, I, think, I think it's fine. Just let's tighten it up. You're a criminal. Yeah. You're facing down a barricade of cops. Okay. How many is in a barricade? At least thirteen. Baker's dozen. Baker's dozen. Maybe four cars. Four, thirteen cops? What are they clowns? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't do the math. Um, road spikes. Okay. Probably some vested, um, you know, SWAT gear. Okay. Whole nine tank. You've decided the only thing you have left going is going to barrel through these cops' guns ablazing. Okay. okay. What song do you play? Fuck the police. <laughs> right oh. to the point. NWA. Right to the fucking point. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I've thought about this. So <laughs> clearly, yeah. what crime did you commit to get here? Um, who? Probably horse stealing. Horse stealing? That's a capital offense in Texas. So. Okay, are wow. you on the horse that you're about to run? No, you just told me I was in a car, so. Well, what'd you do with the horse? I let him free. It's like that terrible scene in that terrible Star Wars movie. Oh, God. So what, did you just free a horse and I now you're wanted by the law? <laughs> That's it. Or maybe I am. John, John's in The Last Jedi over here. <laughs> saving I like the idea actually of being on the horse, and then I'm holding a boom box over my head, like say anything, and I'm just sort okay, of. Okay, what if the horse is in the passenger seat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we're getting. Now we're talking like Bo Jack Horseman. All right, fuck the police for John Garrett. What are you doing? As much as I want to say the Monster Mash because the Monster Mash, it's not going to be the Monster Mash. I'm picking Rock the Night by Europe. Wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. that's pretty epic. You know, it's it's got it's got a good build up. It's pretty hard. You know, I mean, it's very hair metally, but it's also got that kind of like. It could be a montage. If I survive, that's going to be a great montage moment and not a great ending scene. Hmm. What did you do to get to this point? Oh, what did I do to get to this point? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do we have time to go through all of it? (laughs) (laughs) What didn't I do, Mark? I can make this podcast as long as it needs to be. You just tell me what you did wrong. This is our addendum podcast where Garrett just goes through his litany of offenses. My song is Technotronic, Pump Up the Jam. Okay. Pump, pump it it's up. A real, it's a little bit slow start, though. I mean, pump it up. Mm, 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 I like it. Mm, mm, mm. How long did Freebird go on? Oh, for? my God. Like 90 a, minutes? Yeah. <laughs> the entirety of the movie? The movie started, Freebird started playing, and it ended when the movie ended. I so. think I can fit Pump Up the Jam into this section. I absolutely think. I, I think you're right. Uh, I stole Michael Jackson's glove. Oh. Oh, the glove. Pre, wow. pre death or after death? Well, he's been dead for a while. Do you think I, he was buried with that glove, though? God. I don't know. Did you dig up his corpse to get that glove? Does anybody know where the glove is now? Do we do we have eyes in the glove? <laughs> Send out somebody. <laughs> Tell us where the glove is. Who's wearing it? Do Who would they wear have it now? A, a like enemy of the state style situation room with that glove? Don't worry. Satellites are on it. They got men in rooms. It's like we know where the glove is. Oh, are you gonna have Catherine Zeta Jones underneath the lasers with yeah. your butt and tight spandex to get this glove, Mark? Who would be my partner? Me. That's one of the things I did. Oh, good. Yes. Then let's do it. <laughs> Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark, again, joined by John and Garrett. Fellas, how are we doing today? Oh, we're doing. That doesn't tell me one way or the other. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's, another, it's another Saturday. No, we're doing great. 
Good. Garrett? I'm doing all right, man. I've been working out. Feeling pretty swole today, bro. You know, swole. just, you know, just really repping. You might want to put some ice on that. You know, hey, I, I think I should. <laughs> <laughs> well, what have you all been up to since the last time we got together? I pushed through my distaste for Freddy 2 and started, or I rewatched Freddy 3. That was, uh, that and you like that one though. You That's like my three. favorite one. Okay, and it totally yeah. holds up. Now that is the Dream Warriors. Hey, welcome to prime time, bitch. Okay, yes. yeah. Don't go too far into it because again, like I said, I'm gonna yeah. watch all these and review them. Love them. Do but. you guys think we should actually pick one and do a full Freddy episode? Because we've yet to do that. It would have to be three. Let me let me let me get through the series. Let me do my little like recap of the series, and then yeah, I think we should definitely. There's eight of them, so you better get started, bro. I think I, I'm well aware. Trust me. I think we should do the same thing for Jason at some point, but only like pick the one. That we think deserves. I think so we should just do three of each. Three of each. Let's do. Let's. I mean, like number three of uh, Freddy and number three of Jason. Oh, yeah, you mean Jason pick four is so much better than Jason. Three. I agree, but I think I think three also has some good merits. Isn't that the one where it's the the kid? It's not. Um, no, no, that's four. Number okay. four is the one with Corey Feldman. Right, and he yeah. comes back as like Super Jason, or is that five? That's five. That one's five is one where he, the comes, where he back. comes. Where he gets struck by lightning and suddenly is fucking super Jason. No, no, that's, no, that's, no, four. No, no. that's, that's four. number six. Oh. Is that number six? Number five is fake Jason. Oh. It's not even really oh, Jason. Right. We think okay. it's Tommy Jarvis, right? Or not Tommy Jarvis, but the other thing. Tommy Jarvis goes and puts you know like a, a, a mental health, the mental okay. camp. Yes, yeah, whatever so that six is. Six is my favorite Jason. Yeah, three okay. favorite Freddy, one favorite Halloween. One, three, and six. Well, you should never say anything other than one for your favorite Halloween. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Well, the though. new one, that was it, where uh, with Busta Rhymes, come on. Is that H2O? No, that, that is not H2O. That is Halloween Resurrection. Uh, H2O we, we was actually, good. I think we talked about this in one of the previous episodes, but yes. None of those are the movie we're reviewing today. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Uh, before we get going, I did want to bring up that they were, they're bringing us an Are You Afraid of the Dark feature film. Correct. That's 20 years too late. Do Would you be a member of the Midnight Society, Fuck Mark? Yeah. yeah. Let's go to a camp and d- dump some glitter into a fire and yeah, tell ghost stories. what were they using? And they always had an ample supply of it. It was Midnight Society. Crackers. I did not have access to fire expander as a child. It's <laughs> <laughs> that sweet, <laughs> sweet crystal poof. meth. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we learned that this film is going to be a standalone. It's not going to retell any of the Midnight Society stories from the series. That's cool. Uh, they're going to try to keep it as dark as they can for a kids type movie, but okay. they do suspect it will scare some some kids. Good. Um, will still be enjoyable for adults. Are you afraid the dark scared me sometimes? So I dig it, man. I still remember the first episode is about a gnarled little talon thing that monkey gave paw. It was like the yeah, monkey paw. It was monkey paw, yeah. and it gave a girl abilities to run faster at track or something like that. <laughs> if I'm remembering. Correctly. No, it was it was the monkey paw tail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're so good. Yeah, it's. It, I, I like seeing these things come back. I hope it does well. That we're going to see that come out in 2019. The exact date is planned for October 11th. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe that's when we'll go see in the theater. Maybe we'll submit it for the. What do they say? Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, and then they'd throw that little sparkly shit in the fire. Well, do they say the title of the the story oh, before they do it? All right, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Grave Talks review of the Devil's Rejects. <laughs> I like that sound effect. That's what I was looking for. That's that cutting edge sound effects right there. (laughs) That's it. As John submitted, we are now going to talk about The Devil's Rejects. The Rob Zombie, the second Rob Zombie film that he made. Was it the second one? Yeah. Yeah. The second one he made. Because after that was like Witches of Salem and all the other shenanigans that was made. Now, Garrett, this was your choice. So can you tell us why we're doing the second movie and not the first House of a Thousand Corpses was a, what I kind of feel was Rob Zombie's opportunity to throw his art onto the screen. So I don't feel like it was super tight. I don't feel like it was, um, 
I don't want to say it wasn't directed well, but it, the direction of the the visuals and stuff like that were just kind of all over the place. So I feel like the story just kind of, you know, jumps around a little bit too much and isn't quite as entertaining as Devil's Reject, which I feel is a much tighter, more cohesive story. Also gives us like a little more background on these characters that in the first one, we didn't really have a lot of background on, didn't really care a lot about. Um, the first one, House of a Thousand Corpses, kind of makes me feel like um, a modern artsy retelling of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is what I kind of feel like. And then Devil's Rejects feels more like kind of a a horror movie to me and the fact that it's like this tale of these three fucked up people kind of going through this process of what they're going through. I can agree with that. I actually rewatched House of a Thousand Corpses last night because after watching The Devil's Rejects, I needed to revisit the first one because as you're going to find out, revisiting The Devil's Rejects, I didn't have as, as a strong opinion on it as maybe I did when this came out 13 years ago. Um, I still think it's a pretty good film, but for some reason, it didn't quite hold up to the pedigree I had it back in 2005. I agree with that. On the um, second watching, the pacing of the story, I'm like, oh, wow, this is very disjointed. Mm-hmm. But I haven't I haven't enjoyed characters in this type of horror movie in a long time the way I did with the Firefly fi- family. Oh, let me say that five times fast. <laughs> as much as I did with the Firefly, Firefly family. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just edit me saying it one time over me every time I mess fire, it up. Fire, fire, <laughs> the Firefly. <laughs> fuck you. Oof. <laughs> Firefly but no, I mean, like, like Otis and Baby and Spalding, you know, like, I really, like, I don't know, I felt like Devil's Rejects really encompassed, like, what they were about, give you a feel for those characters. And it still resonates with me. Um, a lot of people are really kind of hit or miss with Rob Zombie and his movies. Either they, a lot of people really dislike him, a lot of people, like, really dig him. I say I'm kind of in the middle of that camp. I think he's done some really good horror movies, and I also think he's done some some really just not good horror movies. So... I don't know. It's I picked this one because I feel it was very indicative of a certain type of horror movie that we don't see a lot of nowadays. I'm going to echo what you said about how the health of a thousand corpses. <laughs> We're professional podcasters, y'all. I'm going to echo what you say about the house of the thousand cor- the thousand <laughs> <laughs> house of a thousand corpses. Almost does feel like an amateur level entry art film from a student that's just getting his feet under him. I think you're you're correct on that. It's like zombie trying to get his horror legs under him in the media realm of film. He's already been in White Zombie. That's where obviously I first heard him from. I loved White Zombie growing up. His solo music is kind of hit or miss for me. I do like a large portion of it, but a lot of it kind of turns me off. So I really have to be selective. Well, on he's what he's I evolved hear. as a musician, so he's got some stuff that kind of varies from what we're used to with him. But yeah, I can see what you're saying. Right at but some point, he got into a, the Americana horror, the of, '60s doom metal kind yeah, of Americana, and that's thing. about the time this Devil's Rejects came out. Right, it was yes, right when he started I, sampling. I feel like that. this was his first kind of like like he he found something that appealed to him, and he was like, "Ooh, I'm going to run down this rabbit hole." And I think that's what kind of shaped Devil's Rejects to look the way it has. And I think that's affected a lot or not affected, but I think that's like influenced a lot of his future projects, especially his music, his other movies. They all have that kind of feel. I feel like this is a good stepping stone of where he would eventually go as an artist because House of a Thousand Corpses did have a lot of that random, like kind of art film type stuff. But if you look at like his previous art, like his actual like hand-drawn art, his Mm. music, his videos, uh, the stuff he did like back when he was like, doing consulting jobs, art consulting jobs and stuff. A lot of that was just kind of put on screen. Like he's got a lot of good visual ideas, but I think this movie in that direction kind of really tied into like, Oh, I've got a vision now. Cause even the Halloween remake had a lot of the soundtrack from that time. The earlier stuff about like Michael Myers past had that kind of like early Americana kind of feel. It was, you know, that's true. And I think it lent itself a lot of that story. 
I also think that that film feels even more focused than uh, Devil's Rejects. Like that plot, the story, everything seems to move much more fluidly and direct. As to where this one still kind of flip-flops in places, and even more so, House of a Thousand Corpses just felt like it was kind of all over the place at times. I feel like it was an hour and a half long music video. Yeah, and if, yeah, it felt <laughs> like it was splicing in scenes of, wouldn't this be creepy? Wouldn't this be weird? Into his actual movie. Like, maybe he shot a movie that was 45 minutes long. He's like, I need to bad this out a little bit, <laughs> so I'm going to shoot some creepy scenes and inverse the colors and splice it in. That's kind of how what I took away from a House of a Thousand Corpses. Now... It's important to know that this is a sequel because the the sequence events that takes place in Devil's Rejects do tie directly into that film. Yeah, it plays directly after that ends. House of a Thousand Corpses starts off with a group of people that are going to clown Prince, grandfather, whatever he is, Captain Spaulding. Uh, he runs a gasoline station that has chicken and gas, and he's got a little scary room in the back that he'll take you back kind in. Kind of like an oddities edition. Exactly. He points him in the direction of the house that's going to be visited in the Devil's Rejects, and that is the Firefly Compound. In this compound, they're all tortured and mangled, and at some point the cops show up to try to find out where these kids are. Well, that sheriff gets shot and killed by Mother Firefly, and this cop is the brother of our sheriff in The Devil's Rejects. I was yeah. challenged that you need to know any of this to watch The Devil's Rejects. I only saw House of a Thousand Corpses once and barely remember it. And they do a good job in The Devil's yeah. Rejects. Zombie does a good job of basically saying like, oh, by the way, that's so-and-so, that's yeah. so-and-so. You can now watch you, it like totally on its own. and You do fine. miss some of the buildup of how fucked up this family is beforehand but that's one thing i actually like wanted to point out is like i think zombie did a really good job of even if you hadn't seen house of a thousand corpses yeah. you got the the previous history it's a good standalone film. It, it's not quite as impactful but it is very like he does a good job of like there's a history before this and he gets you caught up i just think it adds a little something to the devil's oh, it rejects does. if it you know does. that oh the police the sheriff that was killed in the movie one his brother now has a very big vendetta listen to me listen to me god Every member of your family. I'm gonna hunt them down at the animals they are, and I'm gonna skin them alive. They are gonna feel the pain and suffering of every last victim. They're gonna claw their hands and knees, and they're gonna beg me for mercy. But all I have for them is pain. So the Devil's Rejects is directed by Rob Zombie. Get it came out. out in 2005. Um, I watched the unrated version. Did we all watch the same one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That one's holding at 53% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 78% audience score. And I'll say this, some of the unrated stuff, it was some. It was extra violence. Some of the weird sexual stuff was extended. Um, a lot of that was cut shorter on the, the non-unrated version. Uh. Like when Spalding's... There's a, there's a scene where Spalding's having a dream and he's fucking this like really hot girl in his clown makeup. Yeah. That scene goes on much longer in the unrated one. So this movie stars Sid Haig as Captain Spalding, Bill Mosley as Otis, Sherry Moon Zombie as Baby, William Forsyth as Sheriff John Wydell, Matthew McGorry as Tiny Firefly. Uh, that This was his last movie, by the way, before he passed away. Was it really? He was in The Big Fish. He's the tallest actor on record. In the Guinness oh, Book he's of the World guy Records. in the Big Fish. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. That. that's yeah. cool. I really like the Big Fish. That's a great movie. Yeah, so that's a little sad, uh, but yeah. he was he was very good in the things he was in. Uh, I do want to bring up the fact that Bill Mosley, who plays Otis, he's one of the main three. 
This dude has been in a shit ton of horror films. Well, dude, this whole movie is littered with like horror, like veterans. Like every side character has been in a lot of different, like, you know, horror stuff. Well, Bill Mosley specifically was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Dude, that guy was, I know. That's one thing I like. <laughs> when Tracy first showed me that, I was just like, holy shit, that's Bill Mosley. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, Dude, and that, I looked into his IMDb, and I was like, this dude is littered throughout these movies. It's so awesome. He's Night, a great Night actor, Night of the too. Living Dead, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. He was in Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh, he was in Silent Night, Deadly Night 3? Yeah, can you believe it? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I his just, agent must be great. I, I guess I'm just a little fascinated that one of the movies that was a big influence on this franchise, he was in this film, too. Because, yep. I mean, dude, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is a clear... Uh, oh yeah, House of a Thousand of Corpses. House of a Thousand yeah, Corpses. no, very much so. Um, I thought that was great. Sid Haig himself. And if we're wrong, Rob Zombie, you can let us know. But that's that was my take on it, and clearly Mark felt the same way. Yeah. Uh, Sid Haig himself. He was in Kill Bill Volume Two. He's going to be in Death House. Dude, Sid Haig's been in a lot Death of stuff. House. I love Sid Haig. Like, I would love to meet him at, at Frightmare if he ever shows up. I believe that soon it'll be like a two degrees to Death House type thing. <laughs> right. Not seven. Ooh, we do not need cool. seven. That'd be cool. Yeah, they're all in Death House. Bill Mosley also in Death House. Now, there see, Otis, Bill Mosley as Otis Firefly, that's my favorite character from this, this film series. I love Otis. I like, like the clown. There's just, yeah, Sid Haig, uh, yeah. Captain Spaulding. I don't know why. Like, arguably, Sid Haig is, I'm, I'm just going to call him Spaulding. Um, obviously Spalding is, is clearly more personable. Like he's got more of a personality. He's got more of a, um, a style to him, but I don't know. There's just something so great about the detached kind of trying to hold this together while at the same time, almost derailing it yourself that Otis does in these movies that I just, I don't know. I find it really entertaining. I find it really like intriguing. Otis to me seems like the character that has figured out that society is wrong and he's figured out like, how to get underneath it and in between it to fig to like make his own type of reality and like subvert. Damn, that's pretty deep, Mark. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I was like, actually like, all right, okay. I'm riding along yeah, for this he, one. Well, uh, I got this when I was watching House of a Thousand Corpses when he's talking to the cheerleaders. He's strong, but was like, yep. everything you know is wrong. All the constructs that you were brought up on are fucking bullshit. And like, that's the kind of character he came off as me. So when I was watching him in Ameri Devil Americans Rejects, <laughs> Devil's Rejects, He's still that character. Like he's like he wants to twist and, and fuck with your thoughts on what society's supposed to be. So that's that's this movie's a little bit different though in the fact that um, House of a Thousand Corpses they're really in their own element. They're in their own world in that movie, and in this movie, because of the events that happened at the beginning, which we'll eventually get to, they're more kind of like trying to keep that world alive while being forced to move through the real world. Um, it's almost like how they adapt and continue to be true to themselves while adapting to this new situation, which is the, the real world crashing down around them. It's very interesting. Like, like I said, there's, there's a lot to these movies that I don't think, you know, upon initial watch, there's a lot to these characters. I can, I can understand that. And I respect that a lot about these. I think it's easy to look at these films and be like, okay, this is Rob Zombie. He's the spooky rocker guy. And what is the spooky rocker going to do? You know, oh, he's going through a spooky rocker, you know, <laughs> yeah. step one. Can step you say two, spooky step, rocker spooky like two rocker. more times? I don't know. It's easy to write him off. And, and I can see in like, especially in the House of a Thousand Corpses, I was like, okay, I think he's just doing what he thinks he needs to do to be spooky rocker guy. But in this one, this movie is so different from House of a Thousand Corpses where that one almost felt comical at times. Yes. This 
film is not that. This is very, very, very dark. For me, it was a very dark, like reality based, gritty, like grindhouse on the road, yeah, grindhouse style film. So they're they're totally two. I like the color. It did have a very, like you were saying, seventies kind of grindhouse color. It's got a very like like, yellowy, westerny kind of, you know, like. And I and I think that's and this is something I've always kind of loved uh, about certain movies the the horror of the the freedom of like the West the desert and stuff like that tremors. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not so much tremors, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like that whole, like it is almost its own kind of lawless underworld of who knows what crazy shit goes out right. in these areas and like what gets carried out and what gets done. And the, the forgotten, I don't want to say underbelly, but the forgotten parts of this country. Do you think and this I, movie is like the Western, the last of the West? I know. I don't want to say. Before it gets squashed out by modern no, realism. No, I don't. It took place in 2005, Mark. This movie like, is not Rango. Well, it was okay. in 1978. That's when it takes place. Okay, but it was fair This enough. movie is not yeah. Rango. Um, okay. But even 1978, but, I think the last of the West had. Uh, no, maybe no, it's an allegory. No, because you still, if you still like drive to like Vegas from Texas, you pass through areas, you're like, yo, this would be fucked up. Like, who knows what the fuck goes on out here? And I think there is this kind of like forgotten land. It's your own world out in certain places. And I think zombie like finds that intriguing. I think that's why he kind of went that whole like Americana out in those areas mm. kind of, cause I mean, it is this like who the fuck knows. Yeah. And if you look, that's where people like the firefly flammies, firefly, the fireflies <laughs> <laughs> strive and get to live that kind of like bubbled life that you were talking about earlier. And I, there is something spooky about that. There's something very unnerving about to know that that shit could just go on. Um, and I think that's kind of one of the underlying aspects of the horror of these movies. Now, I had a quick question for you, John. Okay. Because we've watched a lot of different horror movies, and this is definitely kind of like, I hate to call it Grindhouse, but we'll, we'll yeah. say Grindhouse for lack of a better term because I'm just not that well versed in it. Did you find this to be a horror movie or did you find this to be more just kind of like a weird, gritty tale of whatever? You know, I thought about that while I was watching it. Because you're very much a horror guy, yeah. so I was curious to see how you thought about it. I mean, about this. it's widely considered a horror movie, so it'd be presumptuous for me to say that it's not, but I think that it is not a very traditional horror movie. I don't know that at any point I was scared or, you know, there's like a gory aspect to it, um, but... Uh, I don't know. See, I guess I guess that's interesting to like just to hear, and that's why I'm asking. Not like, is it yeah. right or wrong? I'm just saying, like, just the idea of like being abducted in your hotel room by people like that—that that yeah. fucking freaks me out. It's a horror movie, like The Strangers are, is a horror movie, like Last House those, on the Left. Yeah, any of those like sort that. of home invasion type horror movies, like situational, cringe-inducing yeah. moments. So I think so. You know, it, 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 did you enjoy it though? Like, let me just, let me just get before we get into the plot. And start I liked getting it into less it. this time than I did the first time I watched it. Now okay. you know I was. 18 the first time I watched it. I'm much older than 18 now, so maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But there were times where I was like, oh, man, this movie's kind of dragging. Or And maybe it's because it's the And there unrated. are some moments where it kind of drags, yes. And maybe it's like, you know, some of it was because it's this unrated edition, and I do think maybe the theatrical cut might be a better cut. I don't know that I've ever seen the theatrical cut. I have, and um, I will say the scenes that I noticed, the, the scenes that I noticed that were, like, longer... Yeah. I felt they were better, shorter. I, I believe it, you know, because it's like, eh. so, you know, yes, I would definitely, I like it. Spoiler for the end. I would recommend it. I thought it was a fine movie. Um, we're actually kind of fortunate because we're getting a third one. They, he, right now, he's finished up uh, filming. He's about to start post-production now that his tour with Marilyn Manson is over right um, for Three to Hell. 
which is the third movie in this series. Now, I don't know if it's a direct uh, sequel to Devil's Rejects. It sure looks like it. I think so, too. So I don't think they died in that that car. I think they go to hell and escape. I think that's what he's going with. Now, that would be interesting. They're actually being rejected. They're super. Oh, the devil's rejects be, literally become the devil's rejects. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I think interesting because they with. they run into Charles Manson. Like he's a character in this movie, and um, which he's dead. So I think they meet you him think so? on the road so? of hell. Maybe well, there's a lot of courtroom it was stuff. Very South Parky now. Saddam Hussein. Takes well, that's over true. Hell this was in '78. Who knows when Three from Hell is supposed to take place? But it's it's well, Charles Manson's still out and about. So unless he's in prison with, I them. thought he was in prison by the '70s. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I think now I'm thinking more about it. I never felt any tension in this movie. I think that's what I really? feel is missing. Okay. Like at every point you kind of knew, I mean, like what was going to happen. Maybe that's it. I didn't, I never point was I like ever like, you never, you never, worried, you never or, worried about our main characters. Right. Or last half house on the left. There's an element of like suspense and tension, but it's like, eh, okay. You well, know. something I think that we need to mention is this movie is solely centered around our three villains. Right. There is no like main character protagonist that you root for. And maybe that's what you're feeling right now. Maybe. Well, I, Most I movies think, have I think like you were supposed to think that was going to be the sheriff, but then that takes a turn. Right. Oh, no. Okay. A, let's, yeah, let's, let's get into, get the movie. into it. Uh, Devil's Rejects. The back of the DVD describes it as thus. Ambushed at their homestead by Sheriff Wydell and a squad of armed men, the Firefly family awaken with guns blazing. Yet only Otis and his sister Baby manage to escape unharmed. Taking refuge and hostages in a backroad motel, the wanted siblings rendezvous with their deranged partner in crime, Captain Spaulding, killing whoever happens to stand in their way. But as the body count mounts higher, Sheriff Wydell decides to cross the line and take the law into his own hands, paving the way for one of the most deprived and terrifying showdowns in cinematic history. I wouldn't say terrifying, but that's actually a very accurate description of this movie. Ambushed by armed men? You mean the police? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. But, yeah, yeah, so... That's pretty close. That's pretty close. So, yeah, so basically the movie opens up. Uh, the Firefly family, the Fireflies, who they'll be known as... <laughs> Um, are in their their house, their little compound house, um, out in the middle of like fucking bumfuck West Texas or whatever. Captain Spaulding's not there. Uh, the sheriff, uh, Wydell, whose brother was killed in the first one, shows up with a squad of like, I want to say what, like 20, 30 other people? Armed men. Yeah, armed sheriffs and cops and stuff like that. And they just go fucking ham on this house. Like they're like, come out, we're taking your asses in. Of course, the fireflies are like, screw that shit. They're like armed to the teeth. They've got homemade body armor, and they do this massive shootout with the cops. Shit goes tits up. They have to escape. So Otis and Baby escape. The mom gets... Does she get shot? or no, She gets uh, taken in. Yeah, because well, oh, their, other, their other brother um, gets shot and killed, the one with all the armor and the fucking big machine gun. Right. Um, he gets killed, so the mom like goes, "Oh, my baby," and like becomes distraught and stays there. Right, she tries to kill herself, and then the yeah. gun's out of bullets. Yeah. So, but Otis and Baby escape. Everyone else is either dead or gets taken in. Tiny, who's like this big mammoth, huge kind of deformed person, is walking through the woods with a corpse of a woman that he's been dragging around. Who knows what happened there? But he sees this whole thing go down. That's the end of that. It's a very long, great well-shot scene, but boiled down. I think down. it's a fantastic intro into the film. Oh, it's so yeah. hardcore. You're just like, whoa, this shit's going popping off right out the gate. 
Because, yeah, just watching the family wake up and realize, oh, all of the cops, all of them. Well, Otis wakes up next to a dead woman. uh, Mother Firefly wakes up in her bed looking just comfy as all hell. You know, everyone wakes up and like they're in their, like you said, this this weird, uniquely kind of isolated, fucked up life that they've created. And it's just shattered by the sound of all these cops coming to raid their place. And then they escape. And then is that when we cut to Spalding? Yeah, yeah. They cut to him. He's having his dream. He wakes up and his life is nothing like his dream. <laughs> yeah, he, and- he in the dream he's having sex with this really hot girl in his full clown makeup. And then he wakes up and he's not next to a hot woman. Yeah. And he's not in clown makeup. And, and then he's like, oh, my commercial's going to come on. And this weird fucking kind of cool commercial comes on. Then he gets interrupted and it's like, oh, some shit's going down at the Firefly house. And he's yeah, like, Yeah, they raided the Firefly house. And then at, that's the exact moment that um, Baby, Baby calls him. Baby, which is his daughter, calls him and was like, hey, shit went down. Me and Otis managed to escape. You know, meet us at the, we're going to meet at the rendezvous point, which is a um, a hotel or a motel out in the middle of nowhere. Then we cut to the the sheriff and we're, we're going to barrel through this plot line because there's, there's some, not a lot there. There's not a Plot-wise, lot there. Plot-wise, it's pretty simple. There's some scenes I want to talk about more in depth, but let's get to this plot. Yeah, there's, but yeah. there's a lot of good scenes with a very Ooh. simple plot. Yeah. So then we cut back to Mother mm-hmm. Firefly in the, the jail cell. She's being detained. And uh, Wydell, the sheriff, is like, where are they? Like, he's really pissed off. And she makes some comment about, like, how they killed his brother. And that really gets to him. That really sets him off. I think it, like, breaks his mind, essentially. Yeah, kind of really just kind of, you know, that's it for him. He's He believes that they're monsters and there's no redemption for people like this. The law can't do anything that's worthy of this. Then we cut back to the hotel or the motel out in the middle of the, the desert where Baby and Otis ambush this group of, what, folk singers? Country Western singers. Country yeah. Western singers, which are some people that I, we're supposed to know, and I'm not familiar with who they are, but uh, Brian Posehn is with them. Who felt kind of out of place. He did, but he's not well, there for He's long. a cameo. He's definitely like, because Dendu loves horror movies. He so. feels like Brian Posehn. He doesn't feel like any other person, <laughs> entity, whatever. He's just Brian Posehn. Well, I think his, I think his personality is so uniquely so his. Brian, it's hard what are you to... doing in 1974, bro? You're supposed to be over well, here. Well, he was a roadie. He was yeah. a dumb little roadie for that I country know. western. I'm just saying, he, didn't he shook look... Johnny Cash's hand, bro. It's a big deal. <laughs> You've been smoking dope. Yeah. I mean, no. Not right now. That was no, that was no, no. But guy. he's part of a band where the Who lead did. person, yeah. yeah. I used to sing with Johnny Cash. Yeah. Shook my hand. I love famous people. Yeah. They're so much better than the real thing, you know. <laughs> and all the girls want to fuck you. That's so right. he's two degrees away from Johnny. So there's Cash. there's two couples in this country western group. Brian Posehn's kind of their their roadie, and then um, Baby, which is Sherry Moon Zombie. Sherry Moon Zombie cannot act. I'm I'm going on record. Every time she was alone on screen, I'm like, ugh. We I think we talked about this briefly when we did the Rob Zombie Halloween, but acting is not her strongest suit. <laughs> Watching but. her to try to be annoying, like, oh, it's so grating. Yeah. Like her voice is so high pitched and the things that she says and her delivery is just like what was that thing she was saying to one of them? Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these. She says it over and oh. over again. I'm just like, Can you please shut up? Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these. Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these. 
Hossie, staring at my sister, thinking bad thoughts. But Which I guess worked. I know that maybe that's part of the torture. Is like listening to me like but recite. Well, she's supposed buy. to be. She's supposed to be very adolescent minded. A right. very. You know, they call her baby. They treat her like a baby. She's a, she's a fucked up adult, but she's got a very adolescent mindset. I think is what her character is supposed to be. I can see how that comes off as very annoying. I'm not writing her off as like that was her stylistic choice and she fucked it up. I'm just saying like. The way she was portraying this was, as to John's point, just very annoying and just... Poorly. Yeah. I think yeah. it was poorly. I think it really <laughs> showed in the scene where she was trying to seduce the, the well, lead the singer is, or whatever. The problem is that she's, she's acting alongside other really great actors. Maybe, yeah. And I think it becomes more apparent that she's not the strongest uh, building block in that, <laughs> that wall. That's true. But, you know, I don't know if I'd say she's the fucking worst, but I would definitely say... She took me out of the movie. She's the weaker. She's the weakest link of that acting group. I would say. No offense, Sherry Moon Zombie. If you want to give me uh, free tickets to your guys' show, that's cool. But um, (laughs) alongside Chris Hardwick, she was pretty good. There you go. House of a Thousand Corpses. That's a great actor, Chris Hardwick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. So she had a host singled out. She'd be ready. (laughs) So Otis and Baby um, hijack this this group of two couples and Brian Posehn in uh, their hotel room. They inflict all sorts of mental and physical torture on this family, which all of it's pretty gruesome. Oh, it's very unsettling and gruesome. Yeah. And then Otis takes the men out to kill them and basically, you know, get rid of their bodies. And baby stays with the women at the hotel room. Shit goes crazy. At I did the... not believe she could throw that knife the way she throws that knife. Oh yeah, that's that bullshit. Was... Let's let's get into this scene then. Okay, since we're talking about this scene, so like yeah. they they get into this room and man, they just start going crazy on them. Like they're beating them. They're they're making them slap each other. They're making them strip uncomfortably in yeah. front of other people. Um, and like one of them tries to make a break for it, and then the other one actually gets the gun, and then she tries to shoot him. And they're like, well, ah, Brian Posehn no walks in like, hey, there was no ice, and gets shot right in the head, like right in front of them so there's oh, yeah, brains everywhere up. so they know shit's getting real now like they mean business yeah, yeah. you and, better be doing what they're and saying that's when they're like oh we may not get out of this otis he makes the uh female strip into her underwear and he starts rubbing the barrel of his gun all over yeah, her body really weird. making her go down on him almost to the point of actual giving head and shit like that and like it gets really intense I don't know, John. You said you didn't feel any tension at any moment of this. Like, even during these kind of scenes, you weren't feeling anything? I thought it was uncomfortable. I didn't feel very... I mean, I don't know. Maybe just because they didn't care about these people. So I was like, yeah, they don't. Right. They don't give you much time to really give right. a shit about it. You know, anybody. so it's like, all right, uh, okay, Brian Posehn died. That's unfortunate, but I didn't know him. I saw him on screen for 10 minutes. Like, yeah, whoop de doo That's fair. Yeah, so shit's going crazy. Um Otis takes the men. They they all get killed, right? They try to fight back against Otis, yeah. and Otis kills them and is on his way back. In the room, Sherry Moon Zombie is harassing the two women. This scene is set up into a way where um, one of the females in the room needs to use the restroom. She says, you have to slap her in the face repeatedly until it's hard enough for baby's liking, and then you're allowed to use the restroom. She goes in there. The girl who goes in the restroom starts freaking the fuck out like she's trying to break out. And then the other female's like, hey, what are you doing? Like starts struggling with baby. And that's where she throws a knife and it goes so deep into her chest. You're like, what is your chest made of butter? Yeah, it was definitely it went right in real quick. Yeah, I just don't buy it. And it was like a hunting knife, right? They're not exactly balanced for like fucking throwing like that. It wasn't yeah. a throwing knife. Like. And then the other girl manages to run out the front door and you think she's going to get away. But that's when uh, Captain Spaulding shows up. Yeah. And he's all like, hit that bitch. And Spaulding just goes, bam, <laughs> yeah. knocks her flat down back in the room. 
And then Otis comes back and he's wearing that woman's husband's husband's face. face. Yes, he's wearing that woman's face. clear leather face, like throwback. Oh, yeah. Very, oh, it was so gross. That part was pretty Because she opens the door. Doesn't she open the door? And then he's standing there staring at her with her husband's face on. And she's like, ah. Yeah, he like, she, he gets like right up in her face and shit. And then he's yeah. like, ah, I got an idea. And then they put that fucking face on the girl. Yeah, they put they put her, her husband's, face, her husband's on her. face on her. And holy shit, that's fucked. And they leave her for dead. Everyone else is dead. They all hightail it because at this point, Spalding's like, I know a place we can go. We're going to go to my friend Charlie's like whorehouse village. That he's got out in the middle of nowhere. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Are they in Texas? I feel like this is a West Texas, New Mexico type area. Where is that legal? <laughs> well, I don't think it's legal. I don't know. No, no, it's not legal, bro. When There's looked, nothing legal about this movie. It looked like Disneyland for whores. Right. Because it was like lit up down the street like it was a full fucking production. Well, maybe it's Nevada. It could be Nevada. but Maybe it's Nevada. But when he does meet the sheriff, he's like, you know, I'll fucking come down on you and shit. So, I don't know, it's borderline legal. So they go, they go to, so Spalding, (laughs) Otis, and my favorite part is earlier. Welcome to We're borderline legal. The chicken part? No, well, yeah, the chicken part's hilarious, but no, where he's like, you know, I was trying to do some space shit, and he's like, oh, those nerds are fucking weird or whatever. I was like, God, that's such a, that was a great scene. I liked that one. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. So they go to um, Charlie's little whorehouse village then charlie's like i i said if i ever saw this guy again i'd kill him on spots so you think it's about to pop off but it doesn't uh they end up being cool with each other everyone kind of sits around has a good time reminiscing it's like spalding's old buddy from- yeah they're like they're like okay cool we, we got a place to hang out cool cut to next day charlie and his buddy who was in the movie from the hills have eyes yes um they go to get some chickens because they're gonna make chicken that night and that's the part where the guy's like this uh, random hillbilly, like, kind of fucking vendor is like, you gonna fuck these chickens? And then... Um, this just, scene, this you scene, cut their head off. And, oh, it's so... It's just like... It, you can tell, like, they thought that was really funny. And it was com- kind of funny. It's completely pointless to the plot. Oh, yeah. But it is very enjoyable. In but it yeah. is very enjoyably kind of like, oh, that's so weirdly funny. It's like... You think I'm gonna fuck these chickens? He's like, no, but your buddy looks like he might. And he's that like, dude's like, I don't do that. I don't fuck chickens. <laughs> fuck you. We'll never buy chickens from him again. He's like, yeah, that's right. We're never buying chickens from him again. So Charlie and his buddy are about to leave. They get stopped by Wydell, the okay. sheriff who has tracked him down after working with Danny Trejo and Diamond Dallas Page. The, so good. the gruesome two. Can I just stop and say that Diamond Dallas Page looks like a talking barnacle? <laughs> That motherfucker looks disgusting in this film. <laughs> He's supposed to look disgusting. Yeah, mission accomplished. Yeah, I was like, wow, Diamond Dallas, you look awful. Well, I think, that's, I think well, that's the point. Is I think he just to... looks awful, too, by the way. I don't I know think if you've there's... seen him at Comic-Cons. He's not... His IMDb picture is pretty nice. Wrestling's tough on the body. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, so Sheriff Wydell, he's now operating outside of the law for the most part. Okay, we, we totally skipped something important. Before yeah. he starts working with Diamond Dallas Page and Danny Trejo, he, why, we cut back to Wydell, um, and then Wydell goes into the, the jail cell with Mother Firefly. He tells the, the guard, go home. I got it. I got this watch. Basically, is in there, and they've kind of had a back and forth of kind of antagonizing each other. To pretty good degree. Mother thinks she's got the upper hand, but she doesn't realize how sadistic Wydell is willing to go. And that's because Wydell the night before has a, a dream where his brother, who was killed in the first movie, is like, you have to avenge me. And he's like, dude, I'm already walking the line. He's like, no, you don't understand. These are monsters. These are devils. You have to do the Lord's work and kill them. And at that point, he accepts that. So if this movie has a theme, I think this might be it. Is like... To defeat evil, you have to be willing to 
sink to their depths or I fight think fire with fire. I think that's kind of? Wydell's storyline. I yeah. think that's his kind of like, like subplot. If I'm going to defeat this, I have to be willing to go to that degree. Well, he even says, he's like, I understand what this means. I know there's no coming back from this line, but he's like, evil needs to be expelled from the earth. And these are evil people. Like he, he's like kind of takes on that mantle of like, if it, if, it, at it. if it means damning myself, I'll save the rest of the world from these monsters. Right. So he's he, got his own psychosis happening. Oh with yeah. The he's broken. His brother. He is broken. Um, he kills the mother in the jail cell. Oh yeah. She's getting all 40. Like, Ooh, I'm going to do things for you. And he kind of like, okay, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And then he just fucking shoves a knife in her gut and just, cuts yeah and that's where he hired he hires ddp and danny trejo to yeah. track down otis spaulding and, and they, um, they realize yeah. oh there's this there's this dude over in Horland, over in <laughs> el, west el paso uh he's got a whole village of whores uh he, I think they know Spalding, so let's go check that out. And that's where they get yeah. their lead. And that's when Wydell basically pulls <laughs> Maybe the up. super obvious whore farm isn't like <laughs> the best place to hide. But. Word gets around. Um, so yeah, Wydell stops Charlie and his buddy as they're heading back with those chickens. And he's like, we're going to be there at midnight tonight. You fucking make sure they're there. So Charlie now has to decide whether to sell out his old friends or have the full brunt force of Wydell come down on top of him. It did not seem like a hard decision for him. Oh, he seemed like he decided pretty quick. Fucking immediately, like, all right, selling him out. These people are no, not really known for their land. Yeah. You got responsibility. <laughs> he's responsible for the most. He's, Cud- he's the Lando Calabrazina of Orland. <laughs> Look, sure Cuddly Bear can. doesn't want anybody to get hurt, but Cuddly Bear's got priorities. Exactly. <laughs> she sure can. So um, we cut to everyone back at Horland, as we're going to call it getting fucked up, doing drugs, chilling out. And then Charlie walks away. And then Diamond Dallas Page, Danny Trejo, and Wydell all show up. And then it's fucking go time. They go after the fireflies. And this is a pretty good scene. Yeah, it's, it's cut to like this really kind of like classic rock song. Uh, the, I don't remember what it is, but it's this really kind of good classic song. And um, Spalding is getting high on the couch. Otis is having a good time with a whore in a random room and baby's hanging out. Having with a, a bath. She's having a bath. Right. She's having a soak. And then you see DDP, the barnacle that he is coming up from <laughs> behind and everybody's kind of getting cut yeah. and Danny Trejo's being Danny Trejo. Yeah. There's collateral damage. Everyone's getting shot. Who's not the three um, fireflies then cut to them all being kicked and brought out to the middle of the ground. Um, out in the middle of the center of town square, if you will. Whorehouse town square. <laughs> Whore square. <laughs> Sheriff Wydell walks in the room with Spalding. I've been looking for you, clown. <laughs> you gonna start the killing. You best start it right here. Make sure I'm all the way dead. I will come back and make you my bitch. Like it suddenly sinks in. Like this might be it. This guy's on the other side of the law now. So Spalding gets taken outside. Baby and Otis are laying on the ground, all fucked up. All right, let's get this freak show on the road. Get the fuck up! And then Wydell, I he told you, straps them to like chairs in the house. He takes them back to their old home, ah, their old go. compound. Yeah. So Sheriff Wydell takes them back to their old house, the, yeah, the Firefly like, home. He's like, it's going to end here where it started. Yeah. And oh, he, yeah, he, he ties them to three chairs downstairs. Then he starts going all holier than thou, like, this was such and such victim. You guys killed her. And then he staples them into their chest. Yeah. So every victim that they claimed ownership of, he stapled their photo 
to their body. Into you get their some body. serious monologuing done here, which comes back to bite him in the ass, and, though. And if then he would have just out, done it and won and done it, he'd just be shoot over. Him. Yeah, but and no. the fireflies are kind of like at first, like you know, playing like real hard, like oh yeah, whatever, fuck you, we did it. That's oh, us. Like, that one's mine. I did yeah. that one. I'll Come take, I'll take it to me. It becomes this machismo yeah. kind of like you know, like yeah, no problem. And then he starts stapling shit into baby, and then uh, Spalding is like. Fuck you! It was me. It was me. Hit me. Get me. Like he's trying to protect her because he knows shit's serious yeah. at that point. She's all mine. Baby, shut the fuck up, baby. You want her? Wido finally goes full on like holy soldier, whatever you want to call him, because he's like, you're all gonna fucking die. He starts pouring down gasoline. Then he hammers Otis's na- uh, nails into Otis's hand into the chair. And then he tells baby, like, you you played games with them. You let them run before you killed them. I want you to fear the same thing. Now run. Get out of here. Bad call. And he's going to chase after her and kill her, kind of play the same games that she played. So he's doing that. He's chasing baby throughout the farm compound, you know, striking fear into her. She realizes, oh, shit, I'm not getting out of this. This was a bad writing moment. Like the whole letting baby go, having her run away is like so like horror movie type. Well, he shoots her in the leg or something, right? Because he's like, oh, I know that. He's already let her go. And and like, one could argue, though, at this point, he's probably not making the most rational decisions. But if you're looking for vengeance, I know, I know. You know what I mean? End it. Just don't fucking, don't re level the playing field. Because you're leaving open the opportunity for them to get away, get the upper hand, and then you get fucked. And that's exactly surprise, surprise. What happens? Uh, Charlie from Horland comes in and uh, saves baby. But in the in the process, gets killed by Sheriff Wydell. Yep. Um, he's like, "Cool, you're back here. That means you're fucking in on it. You're, you're against me. Yeah. Boom. You're dead. Kills them, and then goes back and in Tiny shows up. Yeah, Tiny, the big yeah. the big guy out in the forest. Well, yeah, I think she runs again when she sees that the pimp gets shot, and then that's and then she, she runs falls. into Tiny. Right. Well, yeah. It's like, oh, she's good. That's it. You know, he had the upper hand, and then Tiny comes and wrecks the fucking sheriff. Sheriff kills Charlie, and then Tiny kills Sheriff, right. and then Baby's like. Daddy and Otis are still inside, they and then baby goes for in and sure lets them be leave. dead. That yeah. house was on fire for a long fucking time. Smoke inhalation sure. probably would have killed them by then. Yeah, or the fire itself, because he set that room on fire. That, well, you know, movie right. magic, movie magic. You're but absolutely yes, right. They it's a very dry part. structure too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. so Tiny goes in, lets him go, and they're like, "Thanks, Tiny." And then Tiny goes, "Goodbye, my friends," and turns and walks into the burning house and explodes, and Tiny's gone. And I felt so bad for Tiny. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's just because that was the only world he knew. Yeah, and if like, that was if that was done. coming down, he can't exist in the world outside. Like maybe Spalding, Baby, and Otis could eat their own existence out there. But I think I think Tiny knew like this is the end of the road for me. It was done. And House of the Thousand Corpses, they say that Tiny was burned by quote unquote dad. Yes. I don't know if that ever meant Spalding or some other. Dad I don't think. I don't think that was Spalding or whoever. Yeah. So apparently, Spalding was, never never does any kind of like fatherly or even caring aspects towards Tiny. I think Spalding is strictly baddies. Uh, yeah, baddies. Uh, baby's daddy. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> the only one. So at this point, now that all goes down, and then immediately you cut to them all in a fucking convertible and this is the end of the film yeah and, it and it's very last, abrupt very abrupt very very abrupt it might actually only last for like two minutes but good lord it feels like it fucking lasts it's, for an hour it's almost the entirety of freebird uh, which is Freebird. like a six minute song or five it's minute song it's so long and boring 
Yeah, so so we cut to them out in kind of like the Texas, you know, out like middle of West state, Texas yeah. highway, out in the middle of nowhere. The cops have set up a barricade way the fuck down the road. They're, they're getting away. They're all beat up. They're bloody. They're shot. They, they probably wouldn't survive very well if this wasn't a movie. Well, like John said, they would have died of smoke inhalation at this <laughs> point. And it looks like they're about to die. They look like they they're are laying in the back of the car. Door. Otis is driving this convertible with, remember, he had nails in his hands, yeah. so his hands are wrapped up. This fucking Gotta great be car, too, though. Fuck, man. Can you imagine trying to grip a wheel oh, the after heat having too? fucking nails Ooh. in that hand? Anyway, yeah, they're coming up, and he sees the, the roadblock of a baker's dozen of <laughs> cops, at least, down the road and he stops the car and he's like, well, this is fucking it. The entire time Freebird's playing, he turns around and he's like, hey, Spalding, wake up, baby, wake up. And they're like, fucking leave us alone, dude. We're basically dead back here. No, take the shotgun. This is fucking it. Yeah, they stop the car and they're like, okay, if we're going out, we're fucking, we're, we're burning the world along with us. And they Bonnie and Clyde, Thelma and Louise, this fucking shit. They drive into the wall of cops as Freebird starts to pick up, you know, pace in the song and stuff and like, like that. like a shootout. And you hear like the gunshots and then boom, roll credits. So we never see actually what happens. No, I think we see them all get shot. We see them get shot, but we don't see them die. We don't well, see dude, them stop. Dude, there's bullet holes in their neck. Like, <laughs> hey, they show a lot hey, of that. I'm just saying. And we... I think that's a lead up for our next movie, Three from Hell. Maybe they're not the greatest of tenants in hell. <laughs> it's Jeez. time for them to go from. Anyway, that's the film. That's this. <laughs> that is this. That is this. Would you guys recommend this? Yes. I think it was a good movie. Um, yeah, why not? I, I would. I would definitely. I'd recommend both of them. To be honest, um, I mean they're different, but they're endemic of their of Rob Zombie. And um, I would. It'd be you know disappointing if you only knew Rob Zombie from the Halloween films. I definitely think these are worth watching. Yeah, a little piece of side note though: the word "fuck" is used two hundred and twenty-four times in this movie. Not surprised. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a very gritty, rough movie. I I really enjoy it. I mean. There is full frontal nudity. It doesn't shy away from any of the violence. You're going to see everything that happens. This isn't one of those that lets you kind of think of, oh, you think you know what happened. No, it shows you. And it's not super gore like you're seeing heads ripped off and stuff, but you're seeing like... I don't know, you intense, see those nuts on the road. You're seeing intense, realistic violence that when that, when that, oh, when one of the girls who had the face of her husband runs out of the, the hotel yeah. room to get away, she runs into traffic and gets hit by a fucking semi or something like that. Yeah. And her head, they show that just splattered wide open. That was open. crazy. But I mean, I don't know. I, I still think this movie holds up for me. I still enjoy this film. I, I would recommend it also. I, I, like I said, I think I have a little less appreciation for it than the first time I saw it. I still think it's worth seeing at least once. I'm really I, interested I just to see don't what know they if do. there's a lot to get out of it on multiple viewers. No, no, I don't think so either. I think this is a, I think you should definitely watch it because I think Three from Hell will be a very interesting take on where this goes. So I think you, de you definitely need the build up to that movie though. More than anything, I'm super excited to see what we get from Rob Zombie in 2018 after doing Halloween 1 and 2, the remakes. Like, no, no, I'm just saying, like, all the things that he's done since Devil's Rejects, I really want to see where he can, what he can do with these characters that he's had. Well, didn't you, with those characters, yes, but did you see, like, 31? The that one, one with, was like, not that good. It wasn't a great movie, but it's, like, 31 people trapped in this, like, battle royale. You have to kill oh, everyone to get out no, thing. I, I'm not referring to, like... What I'm saying is, I want these characters specifically. Yes, these characters specifically. After going through all these films, going through the Halloween franchise, 
being 14 years removed from this one, like what is a sequel to this? Is it going to have a different feel to it altogether as the first movie has a different feel from the second movie? I don't know. All I'm, I know I'm is very, like, very curious. I've done a lot of research to try to find out more about three from hell. And like the only thing that's being listed is like sequel to devil's rejects. Like that is the plot synopsis as you can find. I hope that he's thought this out. I, I hope he's not he just has. throwing it together. I think he has. Well, I've seen some of the actors in it and holy shit, dude, there's some like heavy hitters in this movie. Uh, people we've seen before, a lot of horror, you know, classics, a lot of good horror character actors are in this movie. But again, I don't know what it's about. I mean, you keep saying like, oh, they actually go to hell. And part of me is like, oh, that's ridiculous. That's like way too like goofy horror, not goofy horror, but that's too like, like horror horror compared to what Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses was. But then at the same time, that, but they do. They're so clearly dead at the end of. Devil's see, I don't Rejects. know. I don't know. That's the thing is like, I'm, that's why I'm excited. The bullet holes and them falling over like they're fucking If they're dead. not dead, then it, that's like some sort of magical realism. But I wonder if point. it's something like and then they're dipping Hall- into a different horror movie. I wonder movie if it's altogether. like Halloween 2 where they're like touched by Sam Hain and they can't be killed by traditional means, you know, like because remember, there's that part, the line in this movie where Otis is like, I'm the son of the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. Like, what if there legitimately is? What if they are legitimately like touched by demonic forces and they I have... Not. I think this movie's stronger if it's just fucked up people doing fucked up shit. If they're suddenly like demons, I think that would actually hurt the devil's rejects. Well, as opposed to going to hell and getting kicked out but of hell. It's a whole different movie, like Jason right? Too, it, right, but it's a different Jason movie and it doesn't affect the the... Prior I, I agree with you. I definitely think it would completely change the tone of both previous yeah. films. But that, that's the thing is when Mark proposed that idea of like, oh, they go to hell and get kicked out or they're not allowed in. Like in my initial thought was like to scoff and be like, there's no way because that doesn't fit anything. But at the same time, it's like, what if? Like, that's why I'm so intrigued by this is like, I like I'm excited to see where he takes this. And I think he cares enough about these characters. Say what you will about Halloween 2 and 31 and some of those other movies like Witches of Salem or Lords of Salem. I don't remember what it is. You know, I feel like he has enough invested in these characters that he's really going to put some time and effort into them. So I'm excited to see it. And that should be next year, I think. Man, that's, we've, we've said a lot about this movie, but I think it's I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, I would watch it. <laughs> that's that's a, Yeah. The rare three for three. If All I right. was you, I would watch this film. <laughs> But yeah, um, so other than that, you know, same old, same old. You can find us in all the normal places, you know, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. We got our website, thegravetalk.com. You know what? If you like our podcast, rate and give us a like <laughs> and uh, check. continue to check us out. And, you know. Smash that like button, yo. <laughs> smash, grab, make it happen. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.